Hello and welcome to the Educators Gate Podcast. My name is Seth Tripp and today is Monday, July 16th, 2018. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Rachel and I and the boys went to the Cardinals game and they won. It was hot and sticky, but it was a lot of fun. Hope that you had a lot of fun this weekend as well. Thank you all for listening. Last week I spoke with homeschool teacher Lisa Campbell, Webster Grove 6th grade science teacher Chantel Mason about technology in the classroom, and Rittner High School teacher and GSA sponsor Kevin Daniels. If you haven't already gone and checked them out at educatorscape.com or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, or Spotify, go and do so. On today's podcast, ELL instructor Colin Hobart joins me to discuss his experience reaching students of cultures that may be different than our own. It's a really interesting interview, and I hope that you will listen in. If you have not gone and liked our page yet on Facebook at Educatorscape, please go and do so. And also, if you're on Twitter, follow me at Educatorscape on Twitter. Tomorrow, I will be posting on Educatorscape.com about how parents are teaching their students to value or undervalue education as a pathway to life. Hope that you will check that out. Here is my interview with Colin Hobart. Question, St. Louis question, which is, where did you go to high school? I went to, I began high school at CBC, Jesuits. My mom was all about that. My brothers went there, so it seemed all kind of logical decision for me, but also, coincidentally, the most important thing to me was my friends and where they were going, mm-hmm. and I had a small group of friends that I was going into high school with that were going there, so that worked out. But... You know, they had me cut my hair, and I was not the most... I didn't line up well in those years. I like to be outside, coloring outside the lines and things, and that led to me following my friends when they decided they weren't going to go to CBC anymore and they were going to go to a public school. Kirkwood High was the rest of my incomplete high school career. Next question. Do you have a favorite superhero? And if so, who is it? So I I did actually see that one, and I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not super like I like to watch those movies, but I'm not all about them. Right. But then I remembered, like, I think somebody asked this when I was younger, and I say younger because I'm not really old, right? The it was I don't know what the character's name was, but he like shot ice out of his hands, and then he like with no board or anything slid along the path of ice. So you, like, make a sidewalk of ice. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, and I don't know, if, I don't think this is what you mean, is Frozone from The Incredibles. No, 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 no. no. it was way no, no, no. back. Like it was Silver way back. Surfer? I, Silver I'm going to guess. Maybe, it, maybe, I don't know. Have you ever worn socks with sandals by choice? I mean, nobody's ever forced me to do that. I... I'm sure one time to go out and get the newspaper or something. Okay. Not, I did not go out into, you know. You weren't trying to make a, a fashion a, statement. No, 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 no. I have a hard enough time without doing things that I know people think are crazy. <laughs> I just have well documented pictures of me wearing socks with sandals when I was a child. So you don't really get a choice uh-huh. when you're that age. So. That's, you know, that's, that's what I mean. And now it's cool. Like, I see kids at the high school. They come in. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
What's the fastest speed you have driven in a car? Behind the wheel? Behind the wheel. Gosh, probably just like 100 or 110 maybe. Do you have a fast car? No, I have a fast motorcycle. Oh, okay. No, I have a an old Civic from 1998. Hey, those things awesome. last forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is something that you could eat for a week straight and not grow tired of it? Oh, I yeah, that's how I eat generally. Yeah, I'll eat like make a big pot of stuff and eat it. Yeah, I, I like variety, but I'm also, you know, if it's something I like, I can eat it over and over and over. What's your go-to? I really like pastas, red sauce pastas, because they're easy to make tasty. Mm-hmm. They don't take a lot of work, and it's good. Okay. Do you go, if you go out, where's where's the best place to go to get a red sauce pasta? Oh, no, 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 I don't. I, I don't go out for Italian. Oh, you don't? No, because I'm okay. always disappointed. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Because <laughs> I can make it better, like more, better for me at home, and it's super cheap. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Red sauce pasta. Okay. I'm all for that. I make... We're not eating it right now because we're on Whole30. We're doing Whole30 right now, and I can't have any beans or anything like that. But sometimes Rachel will make, like, a pot of chili at the beginning of the week. I'll just have chili all week uh-huh. for lunch. That's uh-huh. cool. It's a good thing that I don't... That I always had afternoon prep. I wouldn't want to be around anybody post-chili. Mm. So... And the Traspaga. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, from Mexico always says the the guy the the guy in back pace. <laughs> Whenever we're eating something like super spicy, she's like, "Yep," but the guy in the back pace. <laughs> I don't know if she's talking about your butt or the guy standing in the line behind you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to steal that. A little bit more seriously, and I'll laugh on throughout, so don't feel like you have to be like serious <laughs> for the whole thing. Tell me about your journey when you decided to be involved in education to now. Well, like I said, high school was something I didn't finish myself. School wasn't a pleasant atmosphere for me. It was just way too socially intense. There were so many people and so many question marks that when I when I realized in college that like oh I was intelligent enough to do well in school I yeah started to think about what I would do next what I would study and psychology was always fascinating to me Mm -hmm. like how people work how people think and social psychology and all that stuff and I ended up with the opportunity to go and live in Spain because St. Lucie has a campus there I was. I had taken enough Spanish classes that my mom just gave me just the right little nudge to go mm-hmm. and and apply, and yeah, it was a, a fantastic experience. I guess I I learned so much about like just culture and and differences because I was now I was studying with people from over fifty different countries. Oh goodness! And there were only about six or seven hundred students in the campus. Yeah, so I wasn't. I didn't decide, oh, I'm going to do education. I dabbled with that and with psychology and, yeah, and then I ended up accidentally getting a degree in Hispanic literature along with my psych degree just because I took a bunch of extra classes and I guess just 
the the draw to to work with people because I've always been a super social person mm-hmm. also very inhibited which is interesting because I think I'm both extremes on the introvert extrovert thing you're and an introverted just, extrovert yeah yeah I, I, I guess that's the best um, that's what they say they say there's some people that like they get their energy from from being alone and so they kind of like build up their energy that way but then they also are curious about the world, and that forces them to go out and have yeah. to be extroverts. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny that you say get your energy from, because when I first started working teaching preschool, like I was dragging in the morning, but as soon as I got there, I felt like I was sucking the life out of the kids. Not really, because <laughs> they didn't seem to lose any. They were just in constant <laughs> flames. But, like, I I was energized just by, like, that first kid that walked in the door. Before that kid walked in the door, I'd just be, you know, sipping on coffee, telling myself that I was going to do something. And then that first kid, and I'd be alive, awake, alert, you know, just, it would be, it would be on from then. You just sound like a Dementor a little bit. I know, no, no. I, I, I remember some... I don't remember what the movie was, but there was this really creepy movie where this guy would, like, suck the life out of its prey. And I was like, I do that to children. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, like, I, I really do. I, I, I'm fascinated by the way that, that kids interact, the way that adults interact, you know, and... So I always wanted to be involved doing something that was social, but also I could always spot kids and whatever their struggle is in school, because whatever their struggle is, I had that struggle. And it, because none of it came easy to me, you know, math, <laughs> but not, like, not, not over here, uh, you know, and not like super easy. No, no savant here. Just like. That was something that, okay, they showed me and I get it, you know? Right. But, like, so many things in school, I had to work so hard to understand, first, why we were doing it, and then to get good at it. And in in the realm of the social pressures. And to me, that was the number one. It was the social pressures. And I've noticed, like, we always say relationship is number one. And I really believe that that really is. Because anytime I had a teacher that I felt really respected me and really cared not just that I did well in their class but that I did well in life Mm -hmm. bam I was done I didn't have a problem in that class you know I didn't always rock an A but I always tried and before that school is just like "Eh, if somebody catches me and makes me get off the big wheel and do my homework I'll do that but um, otherwise I'm going to avoid it (laughs) Okay, so what about what the transition from, you know, you have this very unique Hispanic literature psych degree and then you're teaching preschool, and what makes you want to, what, how did you get to working with high school students that you are now? So I, I did not set out to go and work in a school because I considered that, and I actually worked with a lot of guys that used to do after school programs, and... You know, we'd help with the homework and play games with them and just kind of, you know, be a, a safe place for them to go after school. They could get help with their homework and, you know, positive social interactions and things like that. The guys that I w- worked with 
a lot of the guys that worked with our sports programs were like, you got to go and teach this school, man. You can, you know, make a good living and you love working with kids. The kids love you. Like, yeah, the bureaucracy is something I don't think I'd ever really get over, you know? Right. So I avoided schools. I worked, like I said, in preschool, but that was a, a private, that was at Monsanto. Oh, okay. And then I taught in a private high school in Guatemala. And then when I came back here, yeah, I, I just ended up at a high school. Because I wasn't finding, I actually found my dream job, but it was outside of St. Louis. It was in St. James. And I'd moved back here from Guatemala um, after a couple of years there because I wanted to be with my aging mother, my family. So I was like, I can't work so far. Mm-hmm. I came back here to be here. But then, yeah, this high school has really turned into a really just. I really, really like it. It's so diverse. Mm -hmm. It's economically diverse. It's racially diverse. It's gender identity diverse. Like, I, it's just there. There's so much in it, and it's a huge sea of mm, bit less than two thousand students. Right. For any kid walking through the doors, it's culture shock. For a hundred percent of the kids, Mm -hmm. because whoever you're sitting next to in their household. They they may look like you speak your language, eat the same thing for dinner, but in in one household manners are different. Mm-hmm. In one household, you know routines are different, ways of communicating, ways of joking around with each other, and I love all that stuff. And I think that it, it's fascinating to learn, yeah, how other people communicate and how relationships work. It's almost like you're. So one of my favorite classes that I that I took in college was human geography and it makes me think when you talk about that it makes me think about how all of these people with all these different backgrounds and all of these like it's something like 80 different languages that are spoken in the school district wow i think it's something something like that and so for me it makes me think about just how all these people got here and then you look at like last year i know that the high school had a valedictorian who's parents were immigrants from from Mexico and she's a first generation you know high school graduate she's getting a full ride to wash you and it's just an amazing story and you hear amazing stories like that all the time but what is it like working in a district that has such a high need I think that that's that's the key right so it's cool to be that person that kids can rely on right that kids know he's out to help me with this and that because for some reason and I think sometimes kids it takes a while for them to realize that too that it's not just a job Mm -hmm. you know just like teachers you know I think kids go into a classroom not thinking this teacher wants me to do well but thinking I don't know the teacher's just doing their job or you know when they do I think realize that you're there for them regardless of how it impacts us. It's cool. I mean, it's it's just... It's a privileged place to be. Done, like, social service work for many years, and people will invite you in to have dinner, and they'll try to give you gifts and all these things to say thank you. And I worked with a consultant once that was really helpful in saying, you can take them off the hook. 
by telling them, I get paid for this. I love what I do, but I get paid. You don't need to give me anything. Thank you is a nice, nice gesture. And that's all that we need to do is thank each other. You know, like, I think it's because people are so often vulnerable. When people are so vulnerable, the, the things that you can do for them are so big that thank you doesn't seem like yet you know of all the little trinkets and things that people have given me or it's really the cards like I get little letters you know and it's teachers ask students to do a a, you know thank you or give some kid an award or give a teacher an award for something and whenever I get one of those like man I read that and seriously, that's, it's, I know how it sounds, <laughs> but no. it's so cool. Like I'll read that and legit, I go back to those in my lowest moments and I grab those letters and I'm like, you know, as bad as I feel right now, like if I can make somebody that's feeling that way, feel good. And that's what I wake up to go to. Like that's, that's a fantastic job to have. Yeah, I still have mine from when I stood and taught. Yeah, they're somewhere in the in the storage back there. But every once in a while, I'll go pull them out and just have to just have to look at them because it is it's a good reminder, especially when you're in the midst of like we all know that basically Martin Luther King Day until spring break is a is a drag because there's no breaks. There's your depending on when your spring break is, you're just, like, wanting to, like, bite each other's heads off. Teachers and students. And to take a, a morning, you know, and get up and you, you look at those and you like, remember, okay, it's March 12th. I have two more weeks. This is a reason why I'm going to get up for the next two weeks and get of it everything that I, that I can. Because I want... Not that I want more letters, but that it's just a reminder of of what I do. And I think that a lot of times we get so bogged down with one of the things that you said, which is that you hate the, you wouldn't want to get into a school because of the bureaucracy, and that bogs us down. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we see those letters and stuff, I think it's kind of a reminder that, hey, you know what, it's more than than the bureaucracy, it's more than just pleasing some higher up it's about making a touch making an impact so and then you're at a and you're at a place where you know it's extremely high need for what you do and so you get you get to make a big impact all the time so what are some of the the biggest challenges that you encounter in acclimating students to an environment that in terms of like giving direction and things like that or just like getting around in a non, you know, in, a, in uh, an area that, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's pictures on bathroom signs and, and whatnot, but that type of stuff. So what is it like? Like, what do you find to be the most challenging? Culture shock goes beyond language. Right. And the biggest challenge for me is to always have that in the forefront of my mind because we get so busy and we get focused on what we need, whether it's, you know, the information we need to deliver or the you know sheer number of students that we need to touch base with it can be overwhelming and to slow down and just get into 
that kid's shoes for whatever their experience is, especially when it's, when I find myself getting frustrated, I always know it's, I'm not accepting something or I'm not understanding something. And sometimes they're tied together. Uh And if I am able to slow down, like, because having worked with kids, you know, experiencing a new culture, going through culture shock for such a long time, you get this like, okay, I've been there and done that kind of mentality. But then a kid shows you something new and you're like, well, I saw no signs of that. Like, I often a- appreciate my ability to see things, like to see when a kid's not doing well, it's because they won't ask a question because they're just too nervous to ask a question. They don't want to be, you know, single themselves out right. or they're really afraid that they won't understand the response. And I guess one of, one of the things that really gets me with that is when kids are really good at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like I was pretty good at hiding it as a kid. And mischief is a great distraction, right? Because then nobody looks at the other thing because you can't look behind your head. You have to look, you know? I think that being right in there and knowing what it is that they need in the moment is the toughest thing if they won't tell you. Right. You know, if if they feel comfortable enough to tell you, then it's easy work. It's it's drastically easy (laughs) you know given the time right if they communicate it to you and i find like those kids that communicate with me often man i I, you know i can offer them all sorts of supports their teachers are all there all over the building their other classmates are all over the building there's so many people there willing to to go out of their way to support them but they're too shy to ask you know, they're, they're adolescents, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the kids that, that don't care, the kids that are, are confident enough to, you know, just raise their hand and say, I don't get this. Those are the kids that breeze through ELL and they get out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, I, I think that one of the biggest things is when they don't ask for help because we're all there ready and willing, but if we don't, if they're not asking for help, our, our assumptions or, you know, they don't care, or they don't understand. But if they let us know how to help, then we can do it. If they're doing the mischief thing, if they're hiding it, do you have a method that you use to kind of get a student to open up about those issues? Because you're like, there's some issue somewhere. Because I think we all have seen that. We've all seen this kid is, this kid might be, you know, crazy for some reason in the classroom, but there's obviously something else going on other there other than he's ADD or, or whatever. So how do you break down those walls and say, hey, what are what's going on here? You know? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the I wouldn't say I have a method, right? Like it's just like do you have a method to uh, socializing at a party? Okay. Like, maybe you do. Maybe you have the standard questions that you ask. But when you ask somebody about what they do for a living and they they give you an answer indicating that they don't want to talk about that because that's not interesting, then you move on. You know, and like with kids, like I I just try to get to know them really, and they're it's it's fascinating. It really, it's, I I think it comes down to trust. If they trust you, they will open up about rape. They will open up about 
just uh, a kid told me one time that her father had died and I was like what well it, two months ago and we had no idea nobody uh, I asked her if she had told anyone at school a counselor no one the only human being she discusses this with is mom and now we did a grief group and she participated in that and it was so evident that she and her mom had fantastic conversation around it she was well supported by her mom if the trust is there then it comes out and we all have different degrees of of trust and you know boundaries that we that we throw up to protect ourselves i just remember a time when i was working with a student who i got along with really well kind of right off the bat just a really warm-hearted kid so you know work work with her on a few things and then there's this time that we were working on math and i referenced coins right now this is a kid that when when she speaks english it sounds like you and me speaking english she didn't have any concept of coins and what they were worth and i was like well a, a nickel a nickel like what a nickel is she's like I don't know like somewhere in the interaction I realized that I was making her feel dumb hmm. right because I'm like hey, you know this right because I thought of course she knows this right. she grew up here and she's a teenager she uses money but she didn't use money not enough to know what a coin was worth mm-hmm. and I realized in that moment that I was breaking trust because I was I wasn't getting into her experience I guess I I, I triggered discomfort gotcha. rather than making her feel comfortable in, oh, well, if you don't know, that's five cents and this one's 25. But because it seemed so... Elementary, maybe? Yeah, and universal to, to know. Yeah, I just thought, well, yeah, you really do know, right? And you I just, wasn't... You just messed with <clears> thing. Yeah, but... You know, there there are all kinds of gaps that we have. You know, I know mine are in history. And, you know, when people come up talking about history and things that we learned in elementary and high school, and just think, "Mm, I'm going to be quiet in this conversation because I don't want to show how little I paid attention in those years. What is the phrase, like... Stay silent and let people think you're a fool, and then open your mouth and remove <laughs> all the <laughs> doubt. goes. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's the same for kids. You know, for students, they they're like, "Well, I don't want to look like a fool, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stay quiet." Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the most overarching theme at school is not wanting to look stupid. I just finished a school counseling program. Right. And. I, I really, because I've seen this, like, it's trust. It's it's all of the things around education that help kids get to education. Right. And, and I, I really see that as what so many kids are missing right now. And one of the things that I thought was so cool that I heard in the program was when dealing with somebody from a different culture, do your research. Learn something about their culture. I see teachers talk to students about soccer. That's a big hit with Latin Americans. Talk about food. That's a big hit with anybody from any culture, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> but that just that little interest in you. I went that extra mile, and it doesn't have to be in depth because I don't know anything about soccer. But I'll talk to students about it. But the 
the kind of one-liner that I thought was so good was, it's, it's, I'm going to look into it because I don't know so much about your culture. Um, I'm, I'm starting to learn. It's not your responsibility to teach me about your culture, but anything that you ever have to share with me, you think could be helpful. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Like not saying, Oh, well you have to tell me like not putting that responsibility on the kid. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn that, that you use a decimal where we use a comma and I'm going to learn that because mm-hmm. that's significant. Right. Right. <laughs> but if you ever notice something like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause in my, in my language, we don't say his or her. There, there are no pronouns. Right. Gendered pronouns. Like, anything that you can share with me that'll help me to not badger you about something that just, you know, isn't going to really help and doesn't need to be the main focus can be really helpful. I go on and on. Well, <laughs> so, hey, that's fantastic. So, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Colin, for joining me on the podcast. Your perspective, I believe, is one that is often overlooked and one that core teachers sometimes take for granted. So thank you for telling me about your perspective and experience. If you enjoyed the interview, like our page at Educator Escape on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Educator Escape. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, or Spotify. Wednesday on the podcast, listen new. A new stay-at-home mom but former band teacher will join me to talk about their family's move and her decision to leave teaching, as well as her time teaching community of Sharpsville, Indiana. Hope that you will join me for that interview. Like I said, the blog post will be dropping tomorrow on educatorscape.com, so go check that out. I hope that you have a great start to your week, and I will see you on Wednesday. Wednesday.